Blog Talk Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Beamer Distributors Blog Talk Show. This is your show. It's designed for all Beamer distributors across the country to provide you with the latest information, training, and current events. It's a live, interactive show where we value your participation. Just hit one on your phone and we'll open your lines so you can ask questions and share information and testimonials. You'll hear from individuals who are experiencing amazing results in their business and with the use of their Beamer. But remember, this information of Beamer technology is not designed to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or ailment. These testimonials have not been evaluated or reviewed by the FDA. This call is for education only, and no medical or income claims are intended. This call is not put on by Beamer USA. It's just us, a group of independent Beamer distributors all helping one another. So grab a pen and paper, listen carefully, and get ready to learn and share. Stay tuned. The show is about to begin. Hello, and welcome, everyone, to Beamer Blog Talk Radio. I'm Rainy Hale, so you know this is Horse Thursday. Uh, Today is Thursday. Excuse me, July 21st, um, and I'm calling you from a pretty hot Portland area. We were 90s the last couple of days, and we're going to get into the hundreds the um, beginning of next week. So, oh, too hot for me. And I'm going to complain because I, I know you probably are all complaining about me because I'm complained when it rains and I'm complaining with 100. I'm just, you know, happy around 70 unless there's water involved. Um, <laughs> but it is a beautiful morning. So, um, and before I say hello to Cindy, um, I just want to, um, remind everyone to, um, actually, before we do that, I want to talk about our, our, our call from last week. Please, please, everyone listen to that recording. We did a special, um, compliance call with, um, Michelle from Compliance, from Beamer Compliance. She's our compliance manager, and it was a really, really great show. We got a lot of great questions answered, um, and I think it's a really important topic that everyone should know more about. Um, there's some changes coming up, and there's just some things, just, you know, enlightening things that we were able to talk about. Um, and so I think it's important for everyone to listen to that um, that call that we did, uh, both if you've uh, been a distributor for 10 years or if you're a, a brand new distributor, I think is an important one and an important one to share with your team too. So please do that. And then unfortunately today was supposed to be our usage call with uh, Dr. Marley's Fonk, but she had a, um, a personal emergency. So she is not able to, to be with us today. Um, so, so Cindy and I are going to do our best <laughs> to answer as many of these usage questions as you can. And and really what we're going to do today is address mostly what came from um, from the, her, the, her most recent Equine Academy. So once after I finish my little intro here and, and chat about some things for all of us, I'm going to turn it over to Cindy, and she's going to talk about a few things, including this academy. And then, and then we're going to do our best to address the most recent questions we've had about usage from you guys. So... Um, so before I turn it over to her, I just want to remind everyone to um, grab a pen and paper. We're almost always are going to have something you're going to want to write down, so you want to be ready for it. And uh, we'd like we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're going to address some some questions that we've had that have come up from the academy and from Facebook page. But if there are any users questions that you guys have, we will do our best to answer them. Um, again, Dr. Marley Svonk will not be on today, um, but uh, we will we will do our best. And if it's something that we feel like we should save for Dr. Vonk, we'll save that for our next usage call with her, and we'll keep note of that. So please press 1 on your phone if you have any questions for us. We'd love to chat with you guys. Um, okay. With all that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Cindy. Good morning. Hi. 
Good morning, Rainy. Good morning, everybody. And it's hot here, too. We're in our second week <laughs> over 100. When you look at the map of the country, you know, it's, I mean, the whole country is red. So we're, we're all dealing with this. And that's something we're going to talk about just a little bit uh, is, is kind of one of the questions would be just, um, you know, using it in hot temperatures with your horse and how Beamer can help. But um, yeah. I wanted to just follow up on what Rainey said from last week is that um, Michelle Lautner, our compliance manager, is, is putting together a uh, compliance, equine compliance FAQs based on our call last week. So it's always good to hear her comments in person, but also there will be um, a document in the BBO and we'll let you know when, when we know it's published. I've seen the draft of it. So that will be something that will be really important just uh, as a resource to be able to share with um, with your teams and make sure that you're familiar with everything. So that's coming very soon. Um, the first thing that I wanted to go over with um, was there was, um, and it's not usage per se, but I think it's important differentiation. As I think people get confused about FDA approval and how, and um, mm -hmm. so I want to, this is something I want to just be really super, super clear on. <laughs> With pun intended on clear. We're talking about the human, human units, okay? The human units have FDA clearance for as a class two medical device. Now, you don't approve medical devices, you clear them. That's the human unit, okay? It's not the same as saying approved, um, but it is cleared. Now, when you come to the, um, the horse set, in the U.S., we, have, we are registered with the FDA as an animal medical device. It doesn't mean approved, not cleared, it's just we're registered. It means that we're on their monitor. Uh, you know, that they track, uh, you know, that they track how we present it and um, if there's any kinds of problems that have to be reported, et cetera. But it's just registered. Now, with Canada, the uh, agency is the equivalent to the FDA is called Health Canada, and we are approved with Health Canada as an animal medical device. Our process there is different. So... Canada, USA, you use different words, and, you know, they're not exactly comparable, but, it's, uh, but I want to make sure because the people think, oh, it's approved with the FDA for everything that Beamer does, and that is not the case. The only place approval comes in is with Health Canada as an animal medical device. So, um, Rainy, do you think – did, did – uh, do you think that's clear? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's as clear as we can be because the, the problem is different agencies have different processes and different terms that they use. So it can get confusing for people to talk about different countries and what they've approved or cleared or registered or what. So, so unfortunately, we can't do anything about that because that's different countries' regulations. Um, all we can do is try to clearly understand the country's explanations or, you know, ratings 
that we're talking about. And if you have clients in the U.S. and Canada, it's important for you to understand those differences. Um, if you just have them in the U.S., great. Just figure out what you're supposed to say in the U.S. Um, and and I yeah. guess, yeah, the biggest thing is just um, knowing those terms. Um, and then if people ask, you'll, you're going to want to know a little bit more about that. But um, the, the terms are important. Um, and the, you know, clearance versus registered versus approved, you know, those are all important distinctions. And they're important not only to you as a distributor, but they're important to the FDA. That's why they use those terms. And so we have to be careful to use them correctly. Um, I know it's yeah. not very clear, but it is important for you as a distributor to know what those are. And I think I think the real the the real punch here factor is that you know that Beamer has animal medical device um, uh, statutes, and that yeah. is a differentiating factor between almost you know I haven't seen anything else that I've come in contact with when I've researched so-called competitors that are you know that have gone to that length. Of um, you know going through the processes to to be um, you know um, to be part of the FDA or Health Canada regulations, and so that you know that is a difference. Uh, that just says you know we're not something that comes out of uh, you know somebody made made a product and and you know they just throw it out there. Um, so again. The, it's important that we are considered a medical device for animals, just like we're a medical device for humans. But we've gone a lot of extra length with all the research and everything to be a class two for the humans. So please don't throw horses and people and, uh, you know, don't say it's all the same because it's not. Anyway, all right, so I think enough on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see. So, Rainey, you had you had a question that um, I'm not sure how it was phrased, but, but that you uh, that came up through about um, influence on mitochondria, was something like that. What was it? Well, yeah, we had a we had a caller that has called in a couple times, and she really wanted, um, you know a doctor to, you know, or somebody medically trained would probably be best. And we were hoping Dr. Vonk was going to be on to talk about it, but it's just, just not possible today. So we're, we're hoping to address that in a different way later. So I'm going to apologize if we don't can cover this as completely as you would like. Um, um, it was Kate that asked about it. And she was asking, you know, about um, mitochondria health um, and, and really the lymphatic system and related to Beamer. And so um, I, I know that neither of us are, you know, medical professionals but um i know that um because a lot because because of some of my training and because of just from beamer training you and i know you know a little bit about mitochondria and atp so um yeah do you want to talk a little bit about that just kind of in general terms and then yeah. and then we'll see if we can get some um in some maybe in some more depth at a later time sure sure and this is so the concept or not concept but Mitochondria are not unique to horses or to people. I mean, they are um, an organelle that's inside the cells, and their their purpose is to generate most of the chemical energy that the body needs to power, fuel all of its biochemical factors. So your cells run on energy, 
the mitochondria are responsible for converting through a chemical process and, and something is something complicated than what we'll talk about. But the mitochondria convert chemically into ATP. ATP, adenosine triphosphate, is more affectionately called cellular energy. And the only way that um, that mitochondria can produce enough energy that the cells need to run on is if they have oxygen and if they have nutrients and, the, and you know, waste products are removed from the cells. So, but oxygen being the key there. And so how do we get oxygen into the cells so the mitochondria can use it? It's through effective, efficient, fully functioning blood flow in the smallest vessels where the exchange in the, can happen in the capillaries so that the cells pick up what they need and they can get rid of what they don't need. So if, if the mitochondria, the health of the mitochondria is going to depend on, uh, you know, primarily on sufficient oxygen, oxygen comes from good blood flow. That's the, that's the relationship with Beamer. Uh, that's as basic as I can try and make it. Um, Rainy, can you say um, I think I think that's perfect because, um, I, you know, I think um, obviously people like Dr. Burke, I can talk so much better about all of this than we can. And he has done some, some talks about this. Um, I, I can't remember. I should have looked. I can't remember if there's anything in the back office that he's done, but I know he talks about this a lot. Um, so maybe I'll look into the back office and see if there's any um, – um, specific talks he, where he really talks about this, but he is really the best person I've ever heard talk about um, mitochondria and um, ATP production. And he just explains it so well. So do your research there because I'm sure Beamer in the back office has some of his talks about that because nobody can do it better than him. Um, yeah. But I think that was a really, really good too. What's yeah. that? There's some really good YouTube, you know, yeah. are animated too, so that you can see that, and, and it, you know, it, again, it's a basic process, not unique to horses. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a perfect start. And I, you know, Kate, I'm sorry if we didn't get into that quite as much as you would want us to, um, but we'll work on doing that when we have, um, you know, more more medical type people on. <laughs> so hopefully that got you started, but but we'll we'll try to delve into that deeper um when we have Dr. Bonk and and um and others on the on the call. So um okay Cindy, what what else did we have from the academy that people were asking about that we should we should address? Well there's a bunch. Um uh, these <laughs> are pretty we get these every time any kind of a venue, but they say, is it better to use the beamer before or after competition, and how long before or after should it be used? Do you want me to start? <laughs> yeah, sure. I think, I okay. think we could probably <laughs> Yeah, so this – yeah, obviously this is a question we've talked about on the show a lot, but it's obviously also a question that people, everyone has, right? So when you're new to Beamer, uh, whether you're, really whether you're talking about human or horse, the question I get the most for new people is, what do I do for this? What do I do for this? What, what, what setting, what, what program, what do I do for, you know, ABC thing? And the, the answer is it, it depends, <laughs> And it's going to be that whether you're talking about horse or humans. Um, and so the, the, it, it, of course, goes into when we're talking about competition. 
Um, in general, um, we always talk about not doing it for the first time before a major event. Um, and the reason we do this is because you don't know how a specific horse is going to respond to to the beamer. Um, and, and then that will help you decide with that specific horse. That's going to help you decide that the protocol that works best for that horse before a competition. So for some horses, it's the day before. For some horses, it's you know, the morning before, if they're going to show in the afternoon, some horses, it's an hour before. Um, and so, and that's going to be very, very variable depending on the horse. And then, um, but in my opinion, if you have the time, if you have everything, I would do it whatever time before the competition that works best for that horse. And, and because you're not doing it for the first time before that horse, you should have some time to figure out what is the best. Um, time before you're working that horse when you're, you know, going to play with that a little bit. And then I would do it after as well. Um, most of the pro athletes that we talk to like to do it before and after. They like to do a higher, um, a higher intensity, a higher program before to get the body warmed up, to get everything moving, to get everything loose. Um, and people that work with horses will tell you how much softer in their hands they get, how much more responsive, how they already kind of feel like they've done a, you know, 10, 15, 20-minute warm-up. The horse is kind of already, already ready for them. Um, and so we do like to, they tend to like to do a higher, you know, program first. And then after um, a lower program to kind of help with things like muscle recovery, regeneration, you know, things like that. So um, that's how I've always recommended um, um, using it. And we see that on the human side with the pro athletes too, um, how they like to use that. So um, Cindy, I'm sure you have a very similar experience, but do you want to talk a little bit about it too? Yeah, sure. I think, remember, you know, one of the things that is um, – an advantage to Beamer is that you can do, you know, for example, a 10-minute program to, to warm up. And, you know, this might typically be a horse, take Beamer out of the equation, that you might have to warm up for half an hour or longer <laughs> to be able to get them fully, you know, blood perfused, feeling supple, have them mentally in the right state of mind and have them ready to work. And so... What, what I always say to people is don't leave your best performance in the warm-up. And, and if you can get to that a similar or better position by using Beamer for just 10 minutes, then you save the physical energy kind of for, you know, maybe it's a timed event that you're getting ready for. Um, and and um, you cut down a lo- on a lot of that uh, warm-up time that is, and so that's definitely an advantage of Beamers. So, again, as Rainey said, yeah, you would, the general principle would be to go higher beforehand and lower afterwards for recovery. And you want to, you know, one of, one of the things I, I typically would recommend is to say you want to give the horse time for their body to respond. So I would allow at least an hour or two personally uh, uh, doing the beamer beforehand, giving them time to, to respond, you know, then you go in to do your warm-up. And to not do it right, you know, take the blanket off and jump and go into the ring. Um, so obviously some horses may be a little bit different, and we always say that. But in general, that's the principle. Higher before, lower after. And when people say, well, is it better to do before or after, my response is both. Because there, you, the body's mm-hmm. gone through physiological changes during the competition or training or whatever you're doing, so beamers react, beavers um, 
effects will be different given the fact that the horse's body has changed. So you need it both times. Yeah, um, and and you know if you can only and if you can only do it once because we get this question, well, what if I can only do it once? It's and here's where you're going to get a different response depending on who you're talking to. <laughs> and my my usual response is if I only had one, my preference would probably be before. Because for multiple things, you're warming up the horse, you're getting, you know, you're, you're cutting down on that kind of warm-up time, but you're also getting them mentally ready. Um, and then the reality is we, we know Beamer has a, you know, a longer effect than just an hour, so we don't know exactly how long it is, but we know it lasts a little bit longer. So even though the body's going to respond different later, um, if you did a different, um, you know, if you did a different program afterwards, it's still working, you know, in the system for for a number of hours after so that would usually be my preference if you could only do one do the beginning but i have heard from many many people in many different disciplines that would say the opposite so i think from there it's just going to be a personal choice that you're going to just decide based on your horse and and maybe test that out how about you cindy yeah yeah and maybe the maybe the conditions like if your horse Mm -hmm. you know if, if doing three classes that day or you're doing something where, you know, where the recovery is really important, you know, then you might mm-hmm. want to do it after the first time to help be, help them be able to recover to keep going because the horse, you know, the longer you go, the more tired you would tend to be. So in that <laughs> yeah. instance, you know, probably do it afterwards, and then that would cover, you know, them being able to uh, move ahead well. So. Again, the circumstances are different. There's no one rule, one size fits all. You know, and, um, and when you were talking about warm-up and cutting, I just wanted to take a second, and you were talking about warm-up and cutting down on warm-up. Um, that, that's an important thing to consider, both for time and just for, um, I remember, I wish I could find this, but it was I was brand new to Beamer, so this was like, what, 10 years ago? Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. A long time. Um, I I was looking and we, and we didn't even have the horse unit because the 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 first the Beamer three thousand horse unit had was not being made anymore. But they didn't have the new one yet. Um, but this was it was in German and it was translated and it was he was using the the Beamer three thousand on race horses and I just remember something about the way he said this really resonated with me and he was a trainer talking about. Um, using this for warm-up for his racehorses. And he said, the way I think about racehorses is they have a finite amount of miles in them. And if I can use Beamer to to cut down on the warm-up miles, then he has more race miles in him. <laughs> and I just remember right. thinking uh, it was a really a great way to explain being able to use this not only as a time saver, but as a physical, you know, use An uh, for, for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah, and and I really that, loved that. that explanation, and I always keep that in my head. Yeah, that's a really good explanation, and that that complements totally what I said about, you know, because we had, you know, my daughter showed Arab, and there, and I have one, uh, <laughs> our most challenging, fantastic horse we had, and there, <laughs> I remember that you know, funny how those go together, so, huh? <laughs> He was so darn hot that we had everybody in the barn practically riding that horse. He was dripping wet, and he was still full of it. And it took us mm-hmm. hours to ride him out before. And I was yeah. going, oh, I wish we had had the beaver. But anyway, um, well, let's look. I think you did that. That was a great quote. I think that's a good visual for people to hold on to. Um, 
let's talk a little bit, Rainy, about saying, you know, um, one of the areas that we recommend, uh, again, after the horse has gotten, you know, they're used to having the beamer um, blanket as well as the cuffs. One of the places that we've recommended as a um, um, what we call off-label usage is up on uh, to use one of the cuffs up along um, over the pole area. And do you want to just describe uh, why why that's a good place to put it on the horse and why horses many horses enjoy that and respond really nicely. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you that don't know, the pole is, runs, um, you know, along behind the ears, down the, down the neck. That's kind of the area that we talk about. And it's a group of muscles um, that usually is what we're talking about there, but it's connected to the spine. It's connected, I mean, and, and it, it gets tight a lot. Um, a lot of, so we're talking about, when you t this is, is something where you can kind of relate a little bit back to that back pain study, which wasn't done at the pole, but similar kind of things when we're talking about that. That's another area where horses are tight. I mean, you think about humans too. You think about that area. Um, we carry a lot. It's connected to everything. So you've got muscles connected there. You've got the spinal um, connection there. It is a central hub to, and it connects to just about every part of the, the, the body of the horse. With, I mean, down to the back legs, back feet. Um, and so if a horse is um, tight there, if those muscles are tight there, then it's going to affect movement from, from the head, through the neck, through the back, through the back legs. Um, and so, it, so A, if, if their horse is having movement problems or things like that, that's definitely a place that I would put, um, I put, put a beamer um, applicator. Um, or, but that's just the tend, tends to be the place where if I don't have another specific area that I'm, targeting you know if there's not a person that's got an, an issue in a legs or something like that that's my kind of go-to place because it is such a central hub and it connects to just about every part of the body whether we're talking about uh, muscles or or bone or even into the digestion um, everything kind of runs through that area and so for me that's just a go-to place um, and if you think about trying to directly, you know, local applicator to a, an area that is the most connected to every part of the horse's body. Not only is that working well for that a good choice, but the horse is going to respond because you don't always know necessarily everywhere that the horse has got some things going on. So you pick a place there that's very centrally um, connected and you can have effect on a lot of different systems in the body. So Cindy, I'm sure you have more yeah. to add to that. Yeah, I think um, one of the reasons, and, and, you know, this might be something if you, you don't think about it, but the, the different disciplines that are used and how much the horse has to be collected and what kind of tack is used and the skill of the rider, whether they're doing it all through their hands um, or they're using their legs, that's going to be one of the reasons why horses get really tight in, in the pole area because it has a lot to do with rider skill. And so, again, it might not be something that's, that's uh, intuitive to begin with, but, but that's why a lot of horses hold, you know, because their heads would be pulled in, you know, they, and they have to have their neck at a certain angle, et cetera. So, um, you know, this is in response to um, – rider skill, if you will, but um, that being able to help relax that area is really beneficial to the horse. 
Um, let's see. Let's yeah. We're hmm, okay. We got a lot more to do. So I'm gonna. What I was about, I was gonna say before, maybe Cindy before we go too far I do have a caller. Um, let's see if we can because we can always keep these questions and, and work on them next week too. Um, I just wanted this person's been waiting so I wanted to see if they wanted to yeah. ask us something specific. Um, so we've got area code nine one nine area code nine one nine. You're live on Block Talk. Hi, this is Joan from North Carolina, and Hi. I wanted to know that I was on the uh, Horse Academy, and that is absolutely the most fantastic event I have listened to. <laughs> Every single speaker did a magnificent job. And there were so many good quality slides on that. I wish there was some way we could get some of those for our own knowledge or even have some of these uh, talks put in the back office because there's so much information it's worth listening to again. Um, another three- point I'd like, I'd like to um, bring up is if you're having, if somebody is having an event like a Saturday event or Friday Saturday event, there might be a local person in the area who does horse workshops. If they could be convinced to put on a uh, workshop the day before the event, then you have two events being covered by one trip, and I think that might um, attract a lot more people to the workshops. With <laughs> With travel being so complicated anymore, a lot of people might find that move useful. But thank you again for the Beamer Equine Academy. That was fantastic. I'm, I'm glad you found that. I'm going to give some applause to you. Well, it's a collaborative team effort, and there's certainly lots more that could be done. Uh, people have said, is, you know, we never record academies for release because we really want people to participate. And we want you to take notes, and we want you to be engaged. And, um, again, it, there's no reason you can't repeat when we do another one, which probably won't be till September, October timeframe. But, but uh, thank you for um you know, taking responsibility for your own education by participating. That's really important, too. It's nothing that we can give you in a magic pill. So uh, thank you for those comments. Um, let's see. So are we ready for some more thank questions, you. Rainey? Yeah, yeah, let's go. I know we're um, not going to get to them all because, today. It's already 930. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah we won't. Um, it's... Um, <laughs> It's so hot across the country, um, and we've definitely said, you know, keep your battery out of the hot sun and the hot trucks or cars. Uh, keep the horse in a well-ventilated, shaded area. Um, but how, how can using Beamer therapy, how can that help the horse in uh, hot weather? And I'll, I'm going um, to talk about. You want me to start? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You go. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about you know protecting the the beamer blanket itself and the you know and the cuffs and the batteries and things like that from the sun. So hopefully everyone is knows about that. Um, and you know, obviously, if you're doing sessions at events, there's not always good places to to do that. I mean, obviously, finding the better place to do that is more beneficial to you in multiple ways. Um, but yeah, having a horse stand out in the hot sun and then put a blanket on top of them is not probably the best idea 
for the horse or for your or for your unit. So um, being able to find the best location is definitely important and not having everyone stand out in that hot sun. Um, but obviously we just, we talk about Beamer helping with that um, regulatory system. Um, it supports that system. So you're increasing and blood flow, you're helping with that parasympathetic state of, you know, rest and recovery. Um, so any, and so you're helping the body's natural systems function the way they were designed to function. Um, and when they are at, at things like events and the stress is up, they get into those, you know, that fight or flight mode, which we talk about a lot. And so if we, whatever, and so things don't work as well as they are supposed to as far as keeping cool and, and wanting to drink water and wanting to eat and um, all those systems shift to on a different focus because they're in kind of panic mode. So anything we can do to help reduce that stress and bring them back down um, will help the body function and be able to, you know, keep them keep them cooler naturally the way their bodies are supposed to do it. So, you know, without sweating and drinking water and all of those things. So um, I don't know how much more you wanted to go into, Cindy, or if you have more to add. I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> we always do, right? It's just to yeah. remind, uh, we talk about the body's um, self-regulation and all the autonomic processes that includes our body temperature. You know, the body's designed to self-regulate. The way that the body's systems function is having enough energy. And the cells make their own energy. And, and what did we just talk about? If the mitochondria don't get enough oxygen, the body's not going to be able to have enough energy to run its, its regulatory processes. And, and, you know, heart rate variability and respiratory rates and, um, and body temperature are all related to um, regulatory processes that, that rely on energy. So that's, that's kind of how Beamer fits into that. Um, Let's let's talk so, about. So, Cindy, um, we do have we do have one more we do have one more caller. We want to try to do that before good. we take the next next question. Yep. Okay, we've got area code five three zero. Area code five three zero. I think this may be Kate. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for addressing that. My bigger question that I was hoping, or uh, concept, I should say, more than anything, that when Dr. Vonk can come on, would be talking more about. Um, she can the circulatory system in the legs of the horse I'm, I saw somewhere I don't know something through Beamer or where it kind of uh, would be an interior look at the vascularity of the hoofs and the legs of the horse and it's mm-hmm. just incredibly vascular and um, I'm wondering how the lymphatic system of the horse uh, works insofar as a little comparison to say the human, so that we can understand a little better. Um, for example, in the human being, uh, the, the flow of the lymph is unidirectional. Um, you know, the valves push only towards up towards the heart. And what is it like in the horse? And what made me think about this was uh, when uh, it was the 20 B20 event, and uh, where the horse unit was introduced. Um, the science behind it, and Dr. Klopp had shown a picture of um, the comparison of the lymphatic system, the interior look into the horse, and one of the surprises was how much more lymph area there is in a horse than in a human. But he, I think he was looking into more the gut area of the horse. So anyway, 
that would be, I think, a fascinating uh, subject, you know, how the, who's the, the legs of the horse are so important to the horse and perhaps, you know, because if you think, if you think of, you know, being in touch with the earth as horses were completely and as humans used to be completely too and the human resonance and the horses still are um, more so than we are if, if they're not kept in the barn all the time on concrete. So it would be just a fascinating subject to get a little more information on. Yeah, no, perfect. I will add... Go ahead, Cindy. We might when it came up a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about how to use the cuffs uh, on the legs of the horse. It made me think about that. Thanks so much. Well, one of the things about the legs is that below the knee there aren't there aren't muscles in the horse's legs, and yet, as you said, you know the horse has that unique function of the frog, you know, in their in their hoof to be able to help pump. Uh, blood back up towards the heart, but that means they need movement in order to do that. That pressure on the frog is what creates that reaction. And so to the extent that there aren't um, um, the muscles in the leg area, that's why, you know, using the cuffs is even more beneficial to be able to support um, an area of the body that, um, particularly if the horse can't be moving a lot or is maybe laid up for recovery. Um, you can find the, uh, if you look in any of our horse set presentations, um, there are um, that picture of the vascular network in the hoof, and it's also, you can find that Googling it online, but you can find it in our, um, you know, on the slides in that um, area if you wanted to look at that anymore. And, and we can definitely talk with um, you know, also getting some support from Dr. Burke about the about the lymphatic comments. So uh, that's going to take a little uh, preparation work, but um, uh, we appreciate your bringing it up. Thank you. I didn't even, I, for example, I didn't know. So there's no muscles in the leg of the horse from its knee down to the hoof? Right. And we've wow, had posts so, um, and, and we can get Dr. Bonk to maybe talk about that too um, when she comes oh. when she's back. So, but that's an extra reason why the cuffs are really nice to, uh, you know, put in, in the area that we do from the knee down. So, um, so that photo of the, the the comparison that was shown with Dr. Klopp was that was that? Do you know what part of the anatomy of the horse that was taken? Um, the comparison—I know that the that the equine intravital microscopy that we have is right in the rectal area of the horse. Now, the, I remember, oh, and that was okay. in 2017 in Orlando that we had Dr. Klopp, uh, and it was um, to be able to talk about the lymphatic pictures. I'll have to go back and look. I, I don't think he identified what area they were, but oftentimes where you know, where he was able to utilize the intervital microscopy was in the, you know, the colon area and very close, oh. you know, close up surface by the tail. That would be typically where okay. they where they were recording those. Okay, okay. Well, that's great. Thank you for what you do. You do a wonderful show. Thanks Thank for your you, question. Kate. And I have, no, yeah, and I have, I have notes written down for, for, for the more medical 
experts that we've got to, to address in a, in, a, in a deeper way than we can. So um, we'll, we'll see what we can do to help you with that. Because good conversations to have and good explanations. You're welcome. And, yeah, for anyone who hasn't seen um, uh, the, those slides um, that, you know, Cindy, I think the first time, even the first, I want to say the first time I've ever even seen it like that was in your in one of your presentations, Cindy, when you really look at the hoof like that. And anyone that's seen those body, um, you know, the, the, the body presentations where you can see, like, the human body and all the different forms with skin, without skin, blood, bone, things like that, um, you've, you've probably yeah. seen those um those those things and the same thing you can do with the horse you know it's just, you can see down to the tiniest of detail by just looking at you know blood vessels and that's I think an important way to look at a horse when you're talking about beamer because obviously that's that's what we're we're talking about is that those those systems so um, yeah and if you look at the hoof you can <laughs> it's it's it is densely densely vascular so yeah um, yeah it almost looks solid red yeah yeah yeah. Um, so, what? Another question, and we're trying to get through a few, almost ending here. One other question we had mentioned in the best practices. We talked about a, um, in the academy. We talked about the first demo, and again, the first demo is going to be a little different. The first one or two times, mm-hmm. um, but we we but we had a lot of questions of people saying, well, because the question, the the ideal way is to say is to do the blanket first, yeah, and so you would and you would hold the blanket up and turn it on and let the horse look at it, smell it, you know, feel it, uh, and then either put it on yourself or give it to the handler to put the blanket on the horse. And that's a very slow introduction. That is not necessary to do every time, but it's kind of a manner of respect rather than, you know, just assuming that, you know, you're just going to go up and, someone throws a blanket on the horse and then you turn it on, which might be what would be normally, you know, going forward anytime. But the very first time, you don't know that horse. That horse doesn't know you. They're going to definitely feel what comes out of the blanket. And so it's just a matter of saying, look, you know, here they can see that there's a little beep. They can see a light flashing. They can feel the energy already as a signal coming out of it. And they know that it's not something that's going to hurt them. Now, that's going to be more of an issue probably with a younger horse or a horse who might normally be very, you know, uh, apprehensive or fearful or anxious. Um, uh, so, again, it depends on the horse. But just, just um, and for, you know, uh, rehab horses or um, rescue horses, it would be real important where there's trust issues. But just... Um, it's respecting them um, and just saying, okay, I'm turning it on and letting you see that it's not going to hurt you. Then we're going to put it on you. So it's not something that you have to be done every time, but it's a recommendation, a realization. Um, so I hope that that makes it more clear for people because uh, they couldn't understand why they wanted to do that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's the same thing why you would hold out your hand for a dog to, to smell you before you just you know go and go and pet them it's a it's a slower introduction and and also brings up important questions to ask as you're as that first time is has this horse ever had a blanket on has this horse ever had any kind of um wraps or you know things around its legs because if it's never had that that's just going to be multiple new things (laughs) that you're going to be adding at one time and so it's definitely going to be a slower process for that um 
and the other, I've even gone so far as some rescue horses that people really didn't know their history, didn't know a lot about them, and they were already kind of, you know, they're, you know, I've gone out to do um, sessions on horses, and then they're like, oh, well, let's not do this one. I'm not quite sure how she's going to respond. I've turned it on and just laid it over like a paddock fence, you know, or a gate, and yep. let them kind of come up to it, and they'll they'll kind of sniff at it, they'll kind of touch it with their nose, and then they'll get to the point. Usually, is what in my experience I've seen is they'll end up kind of going sideways to it and kind of leaning up into it. And once they get to that yeah. point, I'm like, okay, clearly they like this. Let's try the next step now. Um, and yep. so depending on the horse, there's many, many steps that can happen sometimes before you actually put the blanket on. Yeah, that's a perfect segue to say, you know, just, you know, you go slow um, and, um, and, and see how that horse responds. So, you know, asking a lot of questions is really important, but but uh, it's not something hopefully that has to be done every time. Um, do we have time for any more, Rainy, or are we out of time? We are out of time. <laughs> okay, well, I, we got through half of them. That's not yeah. so bad. Eh? Well, and this is certainly something we can continue next week too for everyone. You know, obviously there was a lot of questions that came out of the Academy and, and we want to be sure to address these because, you know, if they came out of the Academy, this is people who are, Oh, these are questions that multiple people have. Um, and so we want to be sure to address them the best way we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you. Um, All right. So again, and, and st- if you have other questions for us, put it in that Facebook page, the IBD page. That's where we'll pick it up, too, uh, if you are not able to call in. So, um, you know, that's a good resource to use. Absolutely. Good way to communicate with us because um, I, I say we, but I mostly mean Cindy because she's the best one. She always does the Facebook stuff. I try to read it. I'm terrible about actually using Facebook. I wouldn't go on Facebook if it wasn't for the Beamer IBD page. <laughs> so um, so I say we, but I really mostly mean Cindy because she's the best. Um, uh, it's the best way for us to um, to get information from you guys, especially if you can't listen to the live shows and call in and ask the questions. So please use that resource to um, to chat with us and, and let us know the things you want to know more about because um, this show is really all about, um, about hearing from all of you. So um, all right, before we get cut off, I'm going to um, say goodbye. Thank you, everyone. Uh, sorry we kind of had to switch venues at the last minute for an emergency, but we'll get Dr. Vonk back on here and, and we'll kind of delve into a little bit more deeper um deeper things on an, on another call um, but we're going to finish this actually usage call but for at least with cindy and i uh next week so we'll get to the rest of those questions that came up at the academy because we know a lot of people are going to have those questions so uh be sure to tune into all the other blog talks they're doing some great things on all the other days but we are going to meet you back here to talk about horses next thursday all right thanks everyone have a great week and stay cool do everything early yep. in the morning <laughs> <laughs> Keep your horses cool and thanks right. for listening and sharing this. Have a great week. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Cindy. Bye-bye, Rainy. Bye, everybody. Today's show was brought to you by an independent group of Beamer distributors who are committed to helping you find success in your business. We're all part of a bigger mission to bring this amazing technology to a market that so desperately needs it. We'll be back again really soon. Until then... Here's to your health.